0: Anyways, Heavenly Father, we just ask that you would bless this time during this gathering in your name. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. We thank you for the people that you have drawn and given the talents to, to lead us in our worship. And Lord, we just ask you to bless this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: Good morning. We are going to sing about what he just talked about, and we're going to sing about how we are standing on holy ground first. We are standing. I was thinking this morning um, as I was just looking again over these songs and thinking about Father's Day and stuff, um, just how blessed we are to have a heavenly Father um, who loves us. And I always think about Arlen when I think of um, it's in 1 John chapter 3 where it says, um, that he lavishes his love on us because he gave an opening several years ago um, that he was talking about having this toast and like lavishing it with peanut butter and just how much he loved that as just a picture of like how much god lavishes his love on us but like even more so and that really resonated with me because I understood the peanut butter thing so um, I just think that it's a really special time to get up here and and to be able to sing about god's love for us and how he has adopted us as his sons and his daughters so and we get to live in his world. So yeah, I guess join us as we sing about his love this morning.
0: song we could ever sing. they do sin, Jesus died
1: for me. Yes, He died
0: for me. the precious blood that was shed for us, Lord Jesus, we need you. We know that you are the reason that we are all here this morning. We thank you for that, Father. May you be honored and glorified in our worship and in the word that goes out today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You're up. You want to pray for you? Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for Jason and Janelle and their willingness to serve our body. And I just pray they'll bless him and help us to support and encourage him and, and give him words to say, Lord, that we may receive your word and put it in our hearts. In your name, I pray. Amen.
2: Good morning. It's good to be back here. I've been gone for a couple of weeks. And I appreciate Brian and Paul being willing to fill in. And uh, I, I, I got a good laugh, Paul, out of your introduction for Brian. Um, but it's good to be back. I miss it. I do miss it when we're here. It is nice to have a break, but I do miss being here. I miss uh, just worshiping together with you. And we can do that wherever we go. I realize that, but... Today is Father's Day, and I had been thinking about that, but that's not really what my topic is completely about. Uh, But for some people, it's an exciting day, and for some people, it's not. And I say this about every year, whether it's Mother's Day or Father's Day, but I'm sorry if that's the case. Because there's a lot of times that in our lives, the way that our earthly fathers are or act or treat us or whoever they are can skew our vision of who God is. And that's because the earthly fathers that we have are human, and we have the sin condition that we were born with, and we don't do everything right. But if we can somehow see past that to who our Heavenly Father is, He does everything right, and He does care about us regardless of what we think, and He does love us this morning. So hopefully that you can hang on to that if your relationship with your earthly father is not what it should be. But we still do have a heavenly Father that loves us. We are going to go into Acts chapter three this morning. Acts chapter three, verses one through ten. Don't break your root beer. If I remember right, last year on Father's Day we got candy bars and I allowed—I I told all the guys they could eat them. But during we're not going to do that because these are going to be a lot better if you take them home and put them in the refrigerator first. So no, don't open your root beer this morning and drink it. Thank you, Esther, though, for getting that together. I appreciate that. Uh, Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which was called Beautiful, to ask alms for those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple and asked for alms, and fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, "'Look at us.'" So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, I lost my spot. Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him." So we have gone through, received the coming of the Holy Spirit. We've gone through they're sharing the gospel with people. The church is growing daily. There's lots of things happening. And now we're going to start into some of the miracles that they were able to do. Not because of them, mind you, but because of Christ. That's the only reason that they were doing that. Peter and John were still going to the temple. That was their custom. That's what they did. They went to the temple, not every time, but a lot of times they would still go to the temple to pray. And so this is where they're going when they come across this lame man. Now it says he was set at the beautiful gate. That's what it was called. But it, it, all, it was the gate, or it was the, um, it was one of the entrances to the temple. It's where he was setting. And the lame people in that day, there were not programs to help feed them. There weren't programs to for places for them to stay. There weren't different things that they could tap into to support themselves. They were kind of at the mercy of other people, probably mostly their families. And so they would take this lame man that says was lame from birth and they would set him um, at the, t- the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful. So the temple, people, lots of people are still going into the temple. And, and if you're going into the temple and you're going in to pray and there's somebody lame sitting there, it might make you feel a little bit better if you were to give a little bit of something to the lame person before you went into the temple. And so it was a, it was a prime spot, if you want to call it that, for these lame people to sit. And this is where this guy sat Day after day after day after day, and everybody that ever went to the temple knew exactly who he was. They knew he was going to be there. If he was missing, I'm sure they wondered what was going on. Why wasn't he there? I've been gone for a couple weeks. Some people ask, "Whoa, how how was your trip? Where you been?" I appreciate that people noticed we were gone. But this lame man, as <clears throat> irritating or as <clears throat> distracting or as um, disturbing or whatever the word you want to use, that he was sitting at this gate <clears throat> every single day, if he would have been gone, people would have noticed that he was gone. Because he'd been there so many years and they'd seen him so many times and they'd probably given something to him so many times. He was there all the time. But the, re- the way, only way he could get there was Because he was dependent on somebody else to get him there. He couldn't get there himself. He needed somebody else to help him to get there. This is how they survived. They were totally dependent on the generosity or sympathy of others. So a question that I have this morning is, do we recognize that we are totally dependent on God? We are totally dependent on God. Without God, we don't breathe. Without God, we don't have bodies that He created for us. Without God, we don't have anything. We don't even exist without God. And so as much as this lame man was dependent on other people to get him where he needed to be, do we in turn recognize and realize how dependent we are on God? Because we can get started living life and things seem to be going well and we seem to be doing things well on our own and we tend to forget or we tend to take for granted that we still are totally dependent on God. Do we realize or do we recognize how totally dependent we are on God. Without Him, we are nothing. Without His unfailing, unchanging, and unconditional love, we cannot survive. I talked just a little bit ago about our earthly fathers and how they can shape our view of our Heavenly Father. But our Heavenly Father is unfailing, unlike our earthly fathers. He's unchanging, unlike our earthly fathers, and he shows us unconditional love, which as a dad, that is what my heart and my goal is to do, but I can't say that I probably always do that. But I know for a fact that my heavenly father does. He loves us unconditionally. We know that because in Romans 5, 8 it says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, before we even cared about who God was, before we even recognized how dependent we were on Him, before we even were willing to admit that we needed Him, He loved us. While they were nailing Him to the cross, He loved us. Unconditional love. It's not so it's what we can strive for as dads here but we will never reach that. But we have a perfect example that we can attempt to follow. I want to read a few verses out of Romans chapter 8 35 through 39. It says who shall separate us from the love of Christ? that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I want, let's un, I want to understand what that really means because we have an earthly father here, your dad here on this earth. There are things that can separate us from our father here on earth. There's death There's disease, there's tribulation, there's trials, there's all these things that can separate us. But for our Heavenly Father, it says, I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, or powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate us from His love. And so if your earthly father has given you a different view of who God is, I'm sorry for that. But this is still who God is, regardless of what your earthly father has done in your life. This is still who God is. This is who our heavenly father is. And this is the way that he treats us. And he loves you. Unconditionally. our dependence on God, this is a big deal because if we don't recognize our dependence on God, we don't understand how drastically our lives have changed. Or maybe we don't understand what we've been saved from. Because if we've been raised the way I have in a Christian home and been coming to church all of my life, sometimes it's hard to grasp what we've actually been saved from. But when we start to realize our total need and dependency on God... And we see, we, we meet other people and we experience different things and we travel different places and we see different, have different experiences. We start to realize what it is that we've really been saved from and how truly dependent we are on what God has done for us. John 14, 6 says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And right here it says, no one, no one comes to the Father except through me. No one comes to the Father except through me. And if we struggle with with the term Father, that's going to be a hard one to accept. But we also have to realize again, and I will repeat again, how much our Heavenly Father loves us. So here's Peter and John, and they see this lame man, and he is sitting there, he's been there day after day after day, dependent on other people in the same way that we're dependent on God, we're dependent on God more so. So here comes Peter and John, and here's what they say, I I really like how they say this in here. So he's asking for alms, he's sitting in his spot, and here comes Peter and John, and he sees them, and he's expecting them to give him something. And fixing his eyes on him, this is now when Peter is looking at him, and fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. And I really like how it says that, because he says, now look, I want you to look at us. Forget everybody else, because if you, know, if you put yourself in the position of this lame man, you don't want to spend too much time on one person because while you're doing that, you're probably missing several more that are going by. And so you want to give them a little bit of attention, but you, not too much because there might be somebody else that might be willing to give more. You just don't ever know what's going to happen that day or what, how good of a day it's going to be. And so when Peter says, I want you to look at us, look at us. I want you to focus on what we're saying. Focus right here on what we're doing. So the lame man does. And here's what Peter says, which taken at face value when he first started I would think would probably be disappointing to this lame person. Because here's what Peter says. Silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have I give you. So Peter and John don't have anything to give them monetarily. But they have so much more to give him. Than money, so much more than money. He says, In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Now, I will, I don't know if this lame man has heard of who Jesus is, because Jesus is now no longer on the earth, he's back up in heaven. People have heard of him. They've known the miracle he, miracles that he has done. It was very well known what was happening. I, I don't know if this guy has heard of him or not. I, I don't know. Probably maybe he had. And had he thought Jesus was there, he maybe would have thought Jesus could heal him. But Jesus was no longer there. Physically, he wasn't there. Now it was the disciples that were there. And so he would not have expected that morning when he was helped to the beautiful gate to sit and beg. He wouldn't have expected ever that he was going to be able to walk by the end of that day. That would have been too much to hope for. Probably the best he could hope for was to have a, a good day collecting something so that he actually could make something that day. But Peter says, Silver and gold, I don't have. I don't have what you're asking for, but I have so much more than that because what I do have. I give to you. How often do we think that what we have to offer is inadequate? Because in this situation with the lame man not having any money to give them would have seemed inadequate. But they didn't stop there. It's not where it ended. How many times do we think that we don't have anything to offer? If you've been in that spot before, I don't have anything to offer. I I can't do anything. I can't give anything. I can't make a difference in anybody's lives. Arlen, we were reminded again this morning, it's probably been 15 years since you gave that opening. It's been a long time, but I still remember it too. And so as soon as anybody uses the word lavish, that's exactly what comes to mind. And when you gave that opening, you have, I mean, Was something the Lord laid on your heart to share and you thought, well, this will be good. You know, we'll use a good illustration. That has stuck. And we have no idea what it is that might stick when we share, when we're willing to be used. So to say that we don't have anything to offer, what is anything we have to offer anyways? And this is where we get hung up, as we get hung up on thinking, if you were Peter and John in that day, and we, you check in your pockets for change or whatever, oh man, I don't have anything with me, what, what are we going to do? You kind of maybe go around a little bit so they don't see you. No, we have something to offer people. We have the hope, we have the unconditional love of the Heavenly Father that we know and we're trying to understand, and we can pass that on to people, and that's worth so much more than anything else you could ever give them. In this particular case, he, he, healed, he was healed as well. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. How would you respond to that? If for your entire life you've never been able to walk, and here comes this disciple, and I don't know, it doesn't say whether they knew who they were or not, how would you have responded? Would you have gotten up? Would you? Would you have a hope that there was even a possibility that you could get up? Sure seems like it would be worth trying. Why do we feel so many times that we don't have anything to offer? When really we have the most important thing to offer. The fact is that we, in and of ourselves, don't have anything to offer. We don't. We think we do. We maybe are talented in certain areas and we know how to do different things and maybe you know how to speak or maybe you know how to fix cars or maybe you know how to build whatever and we think that we have these things that we can help people but really if you really step back and look at it, remember what I said earlier, we are totally dependent on God. The only reason that we're able to do the things that we do and to be talented at the things that we're talented at is because of what God has done for us because of anything we did. And we always base what we can do to help people based off of what we can do and not on what God can do. And I don't know that Peter and John this day when they came to the temple were looking to heal anybody. But when the Holy Spirit puts something on your heart, do it. Just do it. Because if they were to question, really, are you you sure you want me to tell this guy to get up and walk? And if we question it like that, we miss it. Will there be another opportunity? Absolutely, I believe there will be. But if we question what the spirit is saying, we will miss the opportunity. I want to read 2 Corinthians chapter 12, some out of chapter 12. Verses 7 through 10 is what I'm going to read. This is Paul talking about his thorn in the flesh. It says, that and lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness." Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So Paul is asking the Lord here. Paul had a, I mean, you look at what Paul did in the ministry that he had was incredible. And still is today because we read it a lot But he had something. It doesn't say ever specifically what it was, but there was something that was just irritating to him, and just he couldn't get over, and he couldn't move on, and he just felt like, I'm sure we have felt like before. If Lord, if you could just take this away, then boy, could I ever minister then? And Paul is finally realizing that that's not the point. The point is to bring glory and honor to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The point is not to heal me physically so I can do, I think I can do better. It's to bring glory to God. And so when God says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Do we feel like we don't have anything to offer? We do a lot. Do we feel insignificant in what we can do? Absolutely we do. But for me, I have to stop looking at what I can do and start looking at what God can do. And if I can focus on that and and not be distracted by by what I think I can do, it's amazing what God will do. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Can you imagine what that would have been like? Just Can you imagine what that would have been never having walked And he took him by the right hand and he picked him up. Incredible. And what did this guy do? So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them. Walking, leaping, and praising God. Because he'd never walked, he'd never leaped. Had he been praising God, it doesn't really say. But he was now. Because he'd just been healed. Absolutely incredible what our God can do. Can these things happen today? Yes, they they can happen today. But you know, a lot of the times I think we are trying to do things in our own strength, and only when we get ourselves completely out of the way, and we let God work through us in areas that we don't think we have any talent, or we don't think that we have anything to offer. When we get to the point where we are saying, Lord, I am willing to do what you want me to do. It might make me uncomfortable. It might take me places that I don't really want to go. It might have me doing things that I'm no good at at all. But Lord, if that's what you want me to do, that's what I'm willing to do. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. Is this how we respond when we see God's miraculous work? Have you seen God working in your lives? Because He is, He has, and He continues to do so. Every day that we get up and that we walk and that we take another breath, praise the Lord for that. Because we do take these things for granted. We do live and we should live. But it should be on the forefront of our mind. And the first thing off of our tongue in the morning is thank you, Lord. Thank you for a new day. Thank you for the sun that's shining or the wind that's blowing or the rain that's falling. Because without you, I can't do anything. Without you, we are totally dependent on God and on what he's done. Everything in scripture and everything that happens in our lives is about pointing people to Jesus. And this is the reason why this person was healed this day. Because if we finish just the next verse, in verse 9 it says, And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. They all knew exactly who this guy was. They had seen him day in and day out. And now he gets healed and he is walking and leaping and he's praising God and people are taking notice and all of a sudden it's dawning on people that this is the guy that sat at the gate for so many years and now he can walk whoa what happened what happened I was asked this morning at the door if we come into the church here where do we find God how would you answer that Where do you find God? People are looking. People are searching. Even the people today, even the people back here were looking and they were searching and they were wanting to know more about what was going on. They maybe didn't like how Jesus came. They maybe didn't like what he had done and the things that he taught and the miracles that he did because it kind of messed with their system just a little bit. But let me tell you, there's power here. The Holy Spirit that we just talked about a few weeks back coming and living inside of us and there's power there if we're willing to put down this notion that we don't have anything to offer. You can offer yourself. God will work through you. He is working through you. And He will do it again. Let's not forget It's not about us. It is not about us. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's all about Jesus. And the sooner we can figure that out and realize that. And remember that every day, the better things are going to be. Are we filled with wonder and amazement at what God has done and continues to do in our lives? Because he's working. He's alive. He's well. And just like this lame man, we too can have that experience of God working in our lives. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Don't forget that it's in the name of Jesus Christ that we do that. Stand up with me if you would, please. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that you would give us this excitement for you, this excitement for serving you and for sharing your love with other people. Father, I do pray a special blessing on the day with different family get-togethers that might be going on. Bless the fathers that are here, Lord, and I pray that you would bless people that have not had good experience with their father, that you would open their hearts to you. Lord, shower them with your love. Help them to understand. Help us all to understand more and better how much you love us. Thank you, Father, for your blessings. I pray that you would guide us this week, give us opportunities to share your love. In your name we pray, amen you want to shake somebody's hand
0: you can be dismissed